Welcome to um, the amateur world of podcasting. Yeah. I'm like, I don't. What are you talking about? We're professionals. <laughs> Total professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so professional that I didn't even write out my notes today. Yeah, you did it like literally <laughs> while I was here. <laughs> well, I didn't know we were going to do it like fucking you. <laughs> With my notes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had notes for our last conversation. <laughs> you did, and I forgot, apparently. <laughs> Um, well, this you just, guys, this just, it, it explains us. You are a Virgo and I am an Aries. I deal in chaos, very, you deal in order. Very, very organized. Yeah. Pretty pictures. Cause I also have Libra in me. Yeah. You literally like have a report over there and I'm like <laughs> five minutes before class. Fuck, 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 it's only six pages. It's six pages with pictures. Rachel, this is supposed to be a relaxed episode. It, this is very relaxed. I had a good relaxing time at the coffee shop when I wrote my notes. I was kind of sad. You were at the coffee shop. I was like, I want to be at a coffee shop. I didn't, actually. I, I mean, do you want me to invite you next time? No. Okay. Not unless you go to 32 Champagne. No, I, I go to Coffee Plantation, which is... Is that the yuppie one by you? Yuppie. It looks yuppie from the outside. Are you talking about the um the one that's like across the street from 32 Shay? Yeah, the one that looks like it has like $30 coffees. I've been in there and it is yuppie and mm. it's expensive. No, so <laughs> coffee plantation. This is not an ad for not an coffee ad. plantation. <laughs> By the way, you are listening oh, to yeah. Difficult Damsels. Yay! I'm Kat. I'm Rachel. Yay. <laughs> this is a <laughs> this is a podcast about coffee and <laughs> And Virgos versus Aries. Um, oh. No, this is a this is a podcast about some uh, pretty badass women from history. Yay. Most of the time, today will be a little different. Today we're changing it up. You um, just like straight up like forgot about coffee plantation. <laughs> oh yeah, so coffee plantation. No, it's really cool. Oh. It's. Um, do you remember that Harkins that was on Shay was like five miles from where I live? Yeah. God, I Why hope nobody's say... going to be able to figure out yeah, where dude, I live wait, from like, that. Shh. <laughs> bleep that out <laughs> anyway so that harkens there's a um it's coffee plantation it's a decent sized coffee shop mm. um lots of chairs tables inside and also a bunch outside yeah see i would never be able to focus in a place like that because i'm too busy watching all the people and like freaking out being paranoid you know yeah as we talked about i learned how to disassociate as a kid it's like problematic sometimes <laughs> it's very problematic she's um, like in a crowd and i'm just like what's that what's that she's like what i'm like nothing <laughs> Well, yeah, so when I go to, like, do notes and stuff, I usually, not usually, I do. I put my headphones on. So I have music, my computer, I'm, like, in my See, own I can't, I can't wear headphones outside around people. It's a coffee shop. Yeah, but still. Okay, you know what? In a coffee shop, Rachel. I will take you, we'll go to a coffee <laughs> shop. And, and I'll sit there out. and be like, no, the whole time. Gonna, we'll both wear headphones, it'll be fine. <laughs> not like you're hiking in the middle of nowhere. Sounds better, actually. <laughs> We can go hike in the middle of nowhere too. Okay. That's fine. It's cool enough. We can do it. Well, sort of. But yeah, we still so, live in hell. <laughs> I mean, I did. I did spend a good part of my Saturday doing my notes, but I don't. Mind. I spent a good chunk yesterday, like looking up stuff. Like yeah. I'm really good about like going into like the rabbit holes and stuff, and like big and deep. But like not. 
I, I forget to write things down. I'm like, I'll remember it. Fine. Says the girl who never remembers shit. But anyway, well, yeah, we are so- going to change things up today. Um, we're going to do a relaxed episode. We kind of hinted at it last time. Yeah. yeah. So if you're out there, pick your poison. If like you're out there, like where the fuck are they in my house? <laughs> <laughs> to those listening, pick your poison, you know, get your coffee cup, get a glass oh, yeah. of wine, some, yeah. I don't know, Coke or I've got like or- four drinks over here. Oh no, it's just three. I already drank the fourth one. We have our lemonade. We have our frozen. It was supposed to be frozen lemonade, but their machine broke. And then I have water and coffee. It's still and really good. It is really good. Yeah. yeah. Num nums. It's delicious. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a relaxed episode, but a very long relaxed episode because Rachel has like 8,000 pages of notes. It's six pages. Because <laughs> I normally write 12 to See, 15. yours will be really organized and like mine will be long, but like I'll be like, oh yeah, remember? And oh yeah, remember? <laughs> yeah, but this is mostly just bullet points. Yeah. I'm still gonna read. Anyway, so we're talking about um we <laughs> picked, like enough of that. Anyway, enough of your bullshit. Um we decided to pick three of our favorite goddesses, goddesses. that we relate to or just love like, or whatever. Yeah. Rachel and I have found out that we like ward and death, which is fun. <laughs> like fun. war and death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the thing that's kind of the thing mm-hmm. about um female goddesses, especially like pre uh monotheistic religions goddesses weren't just um they didn't just have one aspect they weren't just about life you'll you'll see with a lot of the goddesses we talk about they're fertility goddesses they're vegetation so they deal with like life some deal with childbirth but there's birth birth <laughs> but they had holding your neck i don't know okay i was like are you okay like <laughs> these goddesses had this very interesting duality and in multiple aspects that were both positive and light but also malevolent and dark um, I mean, one of mine is just dark though i think <laughs> <laughs> well a- again female female goddesses could literally take up any aspect of human existence and that's what the gods were in these ancient religions as they were personification personifications <laughs> no. of of human personalities and yeah. traits yeah that's what made them so relatable hell yeah so we've got like a fun plethora of smorgasbord. What are you looking at? I don't know. I'm just looking at your lab. It's fine. We've got a smorgasbord of uh, smorgasbord. smorgasbord of um, goddesses from all over the world. Yeah, we so tried to. Got, we tried to really. Yeah, we've got your old school Greek, which I think is what Rachel and I both kind of started. Yeah, it was Greek goddesses and gods and all that stuff. Yeah, Greek mythology was definitely my. Um, like introduction as a kid to mythology yeah, yeah definitely hercules. <laughs> hercules 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 <laughs> um but yeah we'll be we'll be discussing some is it celtic or celtic i can never get that celtic. right celtic celtic the celtic goddess we've got some um egyptian to throw in i've got a mesopotamian uh i use the word goddess loosely as you'll find out um, and then we have a norse goddess and some norse yeah yeah so rachel and i conveniently both have picked an egyptian goddess which is fun yes and they're connected <laughs> it's all connected it's all connected <laughs> i think um as as we tell some of the stories um i think you'll you'll notice some parallels between some of the stories and maybe even with some of your own um religious myths that oh, you follow yeah. as well yeah. What did Possibly. I say earlier? It's all interconnected and we're all the same. And 
we the all deities are all the same, just a little different. In theory, like if if you have any kind of religious faith at all, the idea is you know we are all trying to get to the same place. There's just different pathways yeah. to get there, and your path is not right over somebody else's. And some people don't believe in a pathway, and that's, that's totally, totally fine. fine. So we're here with just the myths, yay! Because those are still fun. They are. I love the myths. I love how they connect certain things that happened in the world and like yes. things like that. Like how I'm they a... explain certain traditions within the yeah. culture. Yeah. yeah. I'm obsessed with like movies nowadays that like takes like a historic event and then explain it in like a magical way or something mm -hmm. like that. I love movies like that. Hollywood get on it. There's I'm so like, much. What's an example? Can so you give me? Not right now. Not as you ask me. <laughs> um, I don't know. Think about it. I'll think about it. I'm curious. I don't remember movies once I watch them. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> Is it a problem? Because then you can watch them over and over and over and over and over. Are, are you like Drew Barrymore? Ten second Tom. Fifty yes. first dates. You know, Sunny was in was in that movie. The dolphin. Sunny? The dolphin. Sunny. Oh, he was in that movie. I did not know that. Yeah, he's one oh, of the dolphins famous. that jumped. Yeah, <laughs> he jumped. He jumped. He did a really good job. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess I'll start. Yeah. I want to talk about our cons that we went to first. Rachel didn't want me to, but I'm going to. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> it's fine. Just derail me. Because it's fine because <laughs> that is my new religion. In this moment is my new religion. If anyone asks me. I mean, it is, is kind of um, <laughs> fitting too because uh, it was it's the what the mother tour. Yeah. And her whole uh, Mar Maria 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 like her big thing with her shows and with her music is talking about. The feminine goddess mm -hmm. within. Oh yeah. So and she is a goddamn goddess. Like, oh yeah. She is my religion. I'm telling some you. of the pictures you got were amazing. Her performance and just the the show she puts on is just so like magical and beautiful and how, ritualistic and just with how in touch she is with her own femininity and mm -hmm. like her own self self and like sexual expression too. Like I she is, went through a lot to get there. Yeah, I, I find it very, like, very admirable. Mm -hmm. and Oh, yeah. She's definitely someone I look up to. Yeah. And I, I will tell people if they ask me what my In religion is. In this moment, I'm just go listen. It's a um, female-fronted heavy metal band with, yeah. like, amazing lyrics. Yeah. It's just amazing. And the last the She last screams and she sings. <laughs> she screams and she sings, yes. But, yeah, I just wanted to be excited that was my uh birthday present from like, two years ago from rachel yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, i i got the ticket so cat's birthday is in uh, late march <laughs> March, very late march yes um so basically I, april <laughs> yeah so because she's an aries mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i bought the tickets and then literally mm -hmm. like a month later uh covid hit the united states very hard very hard and the Obviously, all the concerts got postponed, so yep. we were finally able to. You know, I almost wasn't an Aries. Those tickets. I was born two months earlier. I should have been born in May. You would have been a Gemini. No, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, I guess we're a Taurus. I don't know. You'd know better than I would. You have the Taurus moon, though. Well, there you go. I think you would have been a Gemini sun, though. Yeah. I have very. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with Gemini's. I've known some Gemini's that I think are fantastic people. Uh, Mandy. Like, yes hi mandy <laughs> um an example of like i don't want to say a good gemini but like one i i get along with very well and then i've had other gemini's in my life that very much fit that like duplicitous um yeah. dual personality where you really don't know if they're being real with you or not 
That's annoying. Well, they say Geminis are supposed to mirror you. So I'm always like, oh. why do I get along with some Geminis and not others? Is there a part of me? Because some to mirror reconcile? the good and some mirror the bad. <laughs> oh, maybe. No, that's the word headline. <laughs> yeah, it's just very interesting. I would say, I think everybody has their like zodiac sign where, and if you're familiar with the zodiac, um, <laughs> that they don't like. Like, there's always one sign. And I think for me, it's Gemini's always been on the fence. But again, one of my best friends is a Gemini. I don't know what mine would be. Probably Virgo. <laughs> Wow, because we're so nitpicky and like stick up the butt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're my exception. <laughs> I've known, it's very interesting. I've known some Virgo men that I was like, oh God, never again. Kindly fuck up. <laughs> um, and then like my uncle is a Virgo man as well. And he's like, I love how you had to add in man. Like uncle wasn't enough. <laughs> well, like again, like, the nitpicky thing in some people they take it too far obviously i've had to like work on that in myself and tone it down but like they're also known to be very devotional and um selfless and they they want to help people and that's very much my uncle so i'm like yeah. if i can find a virgo man like that that's just you're like sold. a good person uh, <laughs> what a concept how weird i don't want to date myself please don't <laughs> i can't handle this two. <laughs> this conversation went on sorry like yeah tangent. hello tangent but anyway we're gonna talk about goddesses yeah oh, hello how's it going you haven't <laughs> talked in a really long time i mean you scream off fucking mic like it's your job huh come here all right so um sorry guys <laughs> i am clearly all over the place <laughs> it's all good so um the goddess i'm starting off with is uh i mean really probably the first goddess i ever felt drawn to i really just always liked her story and that is persephone um she is also known as core um in the greek mythos um core Core is K-O-R-E, huh. um, which means the daughter. So it's a reference of the daughter of Demeter. And then Persephone is P-E-R-S-E-P-H-O-N-E. -E. Um, Persephone being like with Hades. Persephone's. Persephone. <laughs> I've, I've called her Persephone before too. Have you really? Mm -hmm. That makes me happy. I think when I was like a kid. That's so cute. Oh, I can just imagine itty bitty Rachel who's like way too smart for her own good. Yeah. Walking around talking about Persephone. Like, who are you fucking talking about? The one with Hades. Persephone? No, Persephone. Persephone. <laughs> and you would correct everyone. Persephone. It's Persephone! Okay, child, freak out. So Persephone was the daughter of Zeus, who <laughs> he is the uh, the king of the gods on Olympus, and he is also the sky and thunder god. The rapist god, you mean? He, I think that's he, what you mean. Yeah, he He gross god. Absconded with many uh, women often in animal form Ugh. yeah <laughs> and demeter who was the goddess of harvest and agriculture she's kind of the goddess associated with the turn of the seasons anya just chopped at you hard wow <laughs> <laughs> um and persephone herself is queen of the underworld um she is the wife of hades who is the god of the underworld and and also her uncle you know cool mm. Stein. okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get weird fast the, the greek pantheon i mean all of they're the, all disgustingly horny mofos well i mean zeus like has children with all his sisters that's not right 
so many <laughs> you go back in time and you tell them that. I, I Zeus came here I'll have to go back in time he's a fucking god he still exists Zeus <laughs> I just scream so Persephone oh. is she's a goddess associated with vegetation similar to her mother um she's sometimes referred to as the goddess of spring and her story in Greek mythology was used to help explain the seasons um Another interesting thing about her, in addition to Demeter, she is connected to Hecate, and together they are sometimes presented as the maiden, the mother, and the crone archetype, again, because Persephone is the maid before she is, spoiler alert, (laughs) kidnapped and taken to the underworld. (laughs) Um, Demeter is the mother that goes to the ends of the earth to find her daughter, and then Hecate is just thrown in there for fun. <laughs> no, she's she's the literal guide oh, to gotcha. Persephone. Okay. Like once, oh yeah, Duh. yeah. Once Sorry. we'll get it. We'll get into the story. But <laughs> when Persephone makes her journey down to the underworld and then back up to the upper world, um, it is <laughs> it is Hecate that holds the torch and oh. leads her through, so she's safely led through. I forgot about that. Okay, um, Hecate, uh, I. I was going to do Hecate as my fourth goddess, but I think kind of similar to what you plan to do with Lilith. I'm just mm-hmm. going to do an episode at some point completely sure. on Hecate. But just to give you this little tangent, um, <laughs> Hecate, <I> <laughs> Hecate is also associated with the triple goddess imagery. Um, she appears as less of an elder, elderly crone figure and more represents the idea of knowledge and guidance. Hecate herself is a liminal goddess that oversees transitional periods in women's lives. She is known as the goddess of the crossroads, again, because she literally Uh, operates in these spheres between life and death. Um, And as her, her cult grew, she took on a more, I guess, darker image. A lot of people associate her as like the patron goddess of witches and magic and necromancy because again she has these connections yeah. to the underworld Hell yeah. goddess of ghosts as well in in the mythology of persephone uh what basically happens is she is a young maiden playing in a field of flowers by the ocean she's like frolicking with the nymphs Just, i want to frolic with nymphs let's go frolic with nymphs Fuck yeah. we'll go we'll we'll play he loves me he loves me not with the flower petals and um, and then, you know, the earth's gonna um, just break open from beneath our feet and up is gonna come the skeletal hand and it's gonna drag us down to the underworld. I use my sword necklace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that's, that is what happened. Uh, Hades literally, I guess, he sees her playing in the field and he rips through the earth and he grabs her and he pulls her down into the underworld. What the fuck, Hades? Mind your own shit. <laughs> This is colloquially known kind of as the rape of Persephone. Um, She is kidnapped against her will and taken to the underworld. Oh, the thing I forgot to mention is Zeus is aware of this. And he is aware that Hades has absconded with her and that he's refusing to give her up. Cool, Zeus. (laughs) Zeus is great. Um, Good guy. Meanwhile, up on Earth. Demeter grows completely devastated and despondent upon learning that her daughter is missing. She can't find her. She's, she's looking everywhere. She goes to all of the gods and she's like, where is my daughter? Have you heard anything? None of the gods will talk to her. <laughs> Zeus is like, nah, bro. yeah, no, Zeus will not let anyone say anything to jerk. Demeter. Why? I mean, cause it's, 
his brother. Because oh. <laughs> it's Zeus. It's your daughter? Zeus, he doesn't care. Well, no, it's not his. Wait, it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. His, it's his daughter. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yep. <laughs> so eventually someone does reach out to Demeter and it happens to be Hecate. Oh. And Hecate tells her, I haven't seen Persephone, but, but I heard her in the underworld. She's oh. in the underworld. Um, and some of the, in some other versions of the story, they do say that Hecate did see it happen. She's one of the witnesses. Okay. Um, and she's the one who reveals it to Demeter. And together they go visit the god Helios, the sun god, and he is the one that reveals that it was Hades who kidnapped Persephone with um, Zeus's knowledge. And she gets all mom with her? <laughs> well, no. So yeah. what happens is this. So understanding her brother was complicit in their daughter's abduction and that there's nothing she can do to get her back, Demeter abandons her duties. She shuns the gods and chooses to live among the humans. And in doing this, in abandoning her duties, all of the crops start to fail. Oh, shit. And famine spreads across the land. Mortals begin to die. Oh. And because they are dying, sacrifices are not getting performed uh, for the gods. They're losing their power. And this is when Zeus finally intervenes. Zeus <laughs> is like, like, okay, I get it. He's like, um, I want my sacrifices to meet her. Wow, Zeus, way to be selfish. <laughs> I need you to let the plants grow again oh so mortals can harvest it because right now i don't have enough sacrifices he steps in and he sends the god hermes down to the underworld to negotiate persephone's release hades agrees to do so but in order for persephone to leave and, and this is kind of something she knew while she was down there it was very important she did not eat any food or fruit of the underworld to do so would be to invite death into yourself which meant you could not leave she nothing she grows hungry and hungry and hungry um but she gets (laughs) so hungry at some point that hades offers her some pomegranate seeds no and so (laughs) she eats them now in (laughs) (laughs) sorry i know how the story ends i'm just being a jerk (laughs) so according According to the myth, um, some stories say she eats one seed. Some say she ate nine. Some say she ate five. That's very specific numbers. Well, five would correspond with the months she would have to spend down in the underworld. That makes sense. So that that is the whole thing. He's like, you can leave, but you have eaten fruit of the underworld. Um, so you are going to have to return for part oh, of the year. Me, you tricked me, asshole. It doesn't count. He did. That's the fucking point. So (laughs) the story of Persephone and Hades, um, and I'm guilty of this too. It's, it's one of my favorite quote unquote love stories, but we cannot forget the fact that Hades absconded with Persephone against her will. So it has been over romanticized. It has been incredibly romanticized. um, And that aspect of him kidnapping her and going so far as to rape her, some would say, uh, is forgotten completely so ignored sad. by some people yeah well nobody wants to hear the dark shit they I mean, just want but the romantic shit the story is dark yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the stories are dark neither way persephone now knows uh she's free but it's only temporary so she ends up spending the spring and summer months up top on earth and then she returns to her husband and resumes her duties as queen of the underworld during the fall and winter months huh. um and now i actually i know i mentioned this i think it was the last episode 
Um, and this is the other reason that Persephone, like for whatever reason, has always been incredibly personal for me. Mm-hmm. The Virgo constellation is often associated with the myth of Persephone. Um, so a little interesting random tidbit about the Virgo constellation. It is the largest of the 12 Zodiac constellations, but it is only visible for part of the year. After the sun moves through the Virgo constellation, it will disappear from view during the fall and winter months. And this is when people say that Persephone has made her descent into the underworld. Hmm. I like that. That's cool. It is cool. It is. Yeah. <laughs> this Again, a- I like when you connect normal, different things. worldly yeah. things to... Well, I- that's that's what the the stories were used for. They were used to explain events, phenomena, and phenomena that was important to the culture. And so, when the constellation disappears, it occurs at the end of summer and the beginning of fall when people pull in the last of the harvests. Virgo is also one of the four mutable signs of the zodiac. Um, the mutable signs are noted for their fluid nature. And they are often heralds of a change in season. So the other mutable signs are Gemini, which heralds the change of spring into summer. Virgo is summer into fall. Sagittarius is fall into winter. And Pisces is winter into spring. Okay. Persephone, uh, the other really interesting thing about her is she has this very interesting dichotomy. She's presented as both a virginal maiden playing innocently in a field of flowers amongst the nymphs before she is kidnapped. And at the same time, she is also a ruthless queen of the underworld where her her domain is cold and she oversees the dead souls that have come to her husband's realm. She presides over the passage of life to death and in time, every single soul on earth will fall under her authority. Cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to mention two stories um, in addition to her like becoming the queen of the underworld stories. So one is Persephone notices at one point while she's in the underworld that the river Styx has become bloated with more dead souls than usual. And she figures out that basically this time coincides when her mother is up top, still grieving her absence while she is away. And she continues to abandon her duties above. Mortals are dying at higher rates during the winter. So Persephone appeals to her mother to stop this so that the river does not become flooded and mortals are given longer to live. She's like, mom, you can't do this. Mom, you need to calm down. I'm fine for now. This is part of the process now. (laughs) Like you can't go crazy and let everything freeze over. It's not okay. It is not okay. Um, So that is one of the examples of her benevolent nature. But she also has a more malevolent nature associated with her being the queen of the underworld. Hell yeah. So in another story, um, Minth was a nymph that was said to be... Minth was a nymph. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a weird... Say that five times fast. (laughs) Minth was said to be the mistress of Hades before he kidnapped Persephone. Is she jealous? In time, Minth was said to boast that she was of a greater beauty than Persephone And in time, Hades would return to her. When Persephone found out about this, her way of punishing Minth was to turn her into a mint plant. And this is evidence, or this has been um, told in Ovid's Metamorphosis. Turn you into a newt slash mint plant. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So Minth becomes a warning 
to all not to cross the goddess of the underworld. And again, in relation to Virgo, Virgos are known to be the devotional benevolent sign. They're selfless. They will, they will help you reach your potential. But if you betray them, they can turn on a dime and become incredibly cold and ruthless. Damn. <laughs> so a couple more random things about Persephone. The imagery associated with Persephone. She is generally depicted as a young woman holding stalks of grain in one arm and a scepter in the other arm to highlight her status as both a vegetation goddess and a queen as well. Um, she is also sometimes depicted with a torch and a pomegranate in hand. As we mentioned, torches are also associated with Hecate, who becomes Persephone's guide whenever she makes her way to and from the underworld. This is where Hecate's status as a goddess of the crossroads comes from, as she is one of the few that is able to walk between different worlds. And the last thing I will mention about Persephone, and it's it's one of my favorite memes. I know you've seen this one. Have um, I? <laughs> yeah. So the meme goes, why limit yourself between choosing a pretty feminine aesthetic or a dark one? <laughs> if Persephone can be both the goddess of spring and queen of the underworld at the same time, so can you. So embrace your own duality. That is what Persephone teaches us. Hell yes. Oh, one other mention. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Keep going. <laughs> God, this is long. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big comic person, but there is an online comic I fall, fall. You fall? <laughs> follow called Lore Olympics, and it romanticizes the story between Hades and Persephone. That being said, I still highly recommend it. It's one of those kind of feel-good comics. Um, <laughs> and the, the art is stunning i have an image of persephone from that comic on my lock screen in my phone um she has like pink hair like pink flowing hair she's beautiful Jesus, and gorgeous is that your elbow this is my shoulder oh. <laughs> and yeah that was persephone Woo! all right so we're gonna move away from the greek pantheon and yeah. over into the norse yeah i'm gonna sound like i didn't do my homework I get to because be, rachel did hers <laughs> i get to be the little kid that's like at the end of the couch she's literally sipping her mm. lemonade it's really cute <laughs> i get to learn now yeah, i get to learn <laughs> no, Freya. i i i know the name i don't know that much more about her all right so obviously i don't know if you guys picked up on that but i'm doing freya <laughs> doing talking about you covering her <laughs> I, yeah, in a heartbeat. I don't think she would care. <clears throat> She'd probably love it. <laughs> so she is a Norse goddess. Uh, she is the sister and female counterpart of Freyr, F-R-E-Y-R. Their father is Njord, the sea god. Oh, that's fun. Her parents are the god Njordr and his unnamed sister. Oh, cool. That's fun. <laughs> 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 Who needs to know the mother's name? No. Her name translates to the lady in oh. Old Norse. Okay. Freya is the goddess of love, fertility, battle, and death. Love it. Yes. It's all the most important things in life. <laughs> Pigs are sacred to her. Which Interesting. Is fun. Interesting. Yeah, I, never, I didn't actually know that. She has two ways to travel. So she has... So am I not allowed to eat <clears throat> bacon now? I think you can eat bacon, just, you know, pray over it or something before you do. I don't okay. know. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you Freya, Freya, for this blessed bacon. <laughs> That's going to be a new thing in this household. <laughs> so she has two methods of travel. She rides a boar with gold bristles. Interesting. Which okay. is fun. Or, and this is my favorite. This one I know. And why I love her so much. <laughs> she 
is on a chariot drawn by cats. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> they're usually like, like, sometimes they're like domestic looking cats, like domesticated cats, but then also sometimes they're lynx or bobcats, which is fun. She's on a chariot yeah. pulled by a domesticated cat. Look at this! Like, literally, it's like a tabby and an oh orange cat. Oh my god, I can't. It's pretty much the best, but then there's like this, so like, you know, little itty bitty kitties. And then there's like this one, you guys will see these pictures, and then those are like... that. See, that's what I pictured. Yeah. Like the two giant cats playing And then the, like those look like bobcats or lynx. Yes. Yeah. So it's pretty rad. <laughs> So I, I take it cats are also like sacred to her. I don't. It doesn't mention that they're sacred to her. She just loves them enough I'm gonna to let assume them. they are because they're <laughs> her for method of travel. <laughs> I remember oh. we did the um what what elements do you need to summon you question, <laughs> and yours was basically what you'll know you summon me because I'll be pulled by a chariot of cats. Yes. <laughs> and it'll be like Anya's yelling to Harold. Yeah. <laughs> Anya's <laughs> battle cry. <laughs> oh my God. That's fantastic. So there are, let's talk about some signs and symbols associated with her. Obviously it's the chariot. Hildvisvinni. So sorry on that pronunciation. <laughs> How do you spell it? H i l d i s v i with the little squiggly thing. No, the 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 dash. The dash. The okay. slash above it. <laughs> I and I. <laughs> He's a boar. He's the boar that usually. Okay. Yeah. And then a coat of feathers, which the gods often borrow. Interesting. Yes. Okay. What kind of feathers? Just as a coat of feathers. Oh, so are they like eagle feathers? A cloak or... of falcon feathers. Falcon. Okay. Yes. Because like a cloak of falcon feathers is going to be different from a cloak of crow feathers. You're not wrong. Or like blue jay feathers. That'd be like a blue cloak. <laughs> <laughs> so Freya rules over Folkvanger. Okay. And then Odin rules over Valhalla. So what's Folkvanger? Is that for women? It's it. No, it's just her. It's her. Oh, so, her domain. So there's a lot of confusion. We'll get into this, but there's a lot of confusion as to where Freya's from because a lot of people associate her with the Vanir gods. So there's two pantheons. There's the Vanir and the Aesir. The Aesir is the very commonly known one with Odin and Thor and Loki and, Loki and everyone else. But Freya, in a lot of things that I've read, has been associated with the Vanir. Like she is the queen goddess of the Vanir. Okay. Yeah. So... Is she, she rules the over with the Valkyries, or are those? She's been associated with Valkyries, okay. yeah, because she receives half of those slain in battle. Oh, and then Odin gets the other half. Oh, yeah. So she so gets I could the be privilege like... of choosing a half. So I get to be like Freya. I volunteers Freya. tribute. Volunteers tribute. Me. Can't Pick see me. It, but oh my god, like, I'm right here. We're like waving right now. She, we're like the last person to be picked in dodgeball. <laughs> She's like, anyone else want to come over? Anyone? Hi. I'm right here. <laughs> It probably got loud. I, I'm always loud. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Freya assists other deities by allowing them to Deities? Use... Deities. Deities? Deities, whatever. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> See, you correct me all the time. I know. Turn about you can have fair it. play. What is it? Deities? Deities. I've always called it deities. Or deities. I'm dyslexic, so I call it deities, okay? <laughs> Rachel just spit out her drink! <laughs> Really glad this is not a digital oh podcast. God, that's great. <laughs> she assists other deities. That would be all sorts of. Sport. We're not even like drinking alcohol. We're not. This is that's the best part. <laughs> uh, by allowing them to use her feathered cloak, 
Uh, she is invoked in matters of fertility and love and is frequently sought after by powerful Yoknar, who wishes to make her their wife. So a woman looking to seduce a man might put on a cloak of Freya. Apparently. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do they like put it on the ground and make love on top of it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing now. So Freya's husband, the god, what the fuck is that? Odor? Oh, weird, a weird looking D with an X on top and an R. Odor? He's frequently absent. Odor? That sounds great. Odor? I don't know. Oh, You're supposed Odor. to practice that ahead of time. That's <laughs> not, I'm not a Virgo. <laughs> Ooh, she cries tears of red gold for him. Oh. And searches for him under assumed names. Just Gethin Horn. <laughs> These names get harder and harder. Scandinavian Mar- names are Mardul, very difficult. Seer, and Vanadis. Those, those four, five, I can count. Uh, seer, I know that one. Seer! <laughs> Scholars have debated whether Freya and the goddess Frigg ultimately stem from the same if they're the myth, same if they're the same um, goddess. Yeah, okay. But I have an article here. Frigg is Odin's wife, right? You told me that. Frigg is Odin's wife, yes. Okay. So when most people hear about Nordic gods, they think of the Asgardian gods or the Aesir. Mm-hmm. Aesir? ruled by Odin and his wife Frigg. Yes. As well as their son Thor. And Loki. And Loki. So this is the most commonly seen pantheon of gods, but apparently there are two Nordic pantheon of gods. The Aesir mm-hmm. and then there is the Vanir. Vanir? Vanir. We're going with Vanir. Okay. <laughs> I'm trusting you. The Vanir gods often stand in opposition of the Aesir, but not as antagonists more peaceful and beloved counterparts. Are they, like, I, I'm trying to think back to when I was, I am playing Valhalla. <laughs> um, are they, like, representations of the god on Earth, gods on Earth, possibly? No, because no. the gods just visit Earth, but they, okay, Midgard is Earth, and then Earth is Earth, and then, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like another mm. set of gods. Yeah, there's two pantheons. They're like sister schools. Yeah. They're like sister cities. <laughs> Have you seen those sister cities in the world where it's like, we're a random city in Arizona and, and we're the sister city of the city in Norway? No, that's weird. That's a thing. No. So I'm going to pretend that's how the Norse pantheons are. That's perfect. <laughs> so apparently... Uh, the Veneer was said to have battled the Aesir in the Long Aesir-Veneer War okay. in response to the Aesir's unprovoked aggression against them. Uh, Freya is the matron goddess of the Veneer. Mm-hmm. So so the way Odin is the king of gods of... She's the queen. The Aenir. She Aesir. is the Aesir, sorry. Yes. <laughs> she, so she's the leader of yeah. her pantheon. The Vanir, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. So she perfectly exemplified the differences between the Vanir and the Aesir. So the Aesir were warlike gods and gods of Vikings and warriors. The Vanir were peaceful gods. Okay. Interesting. So probably more related to like the domestic aspect- yeah. they were <laughs> attributes of life. <laughs> they were more most often prayed to by farmers and ordinary people who just wanted to a rich yield Nice weather and a peaceful life. Which makes sense because in Vikings, Lagertha would often pray to Freya. Yeah. 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 I like it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I just learned something new, guys. <laughs> My own goddess. <laughs> um, so along with love, fertility, and I believe it was death. Yes. 
battle and death. Um, she is also said to be the goddess of Sidir. S-E-I weird D-R. <laughs> it's magic. Sure. So that so they got that right. Goddess of magic. Yeah, they got that right in the, the Marvel movies. She's a goddess of magic. She taught magic to Loki. You heard that first from Difficult Dance. Yeah. Freya taught magic to taught Loki. Magic to Loki. <laughs> you heard that first. <laughs> uh, Freya was viewed as a defender war goddess, one who would bring fertility and prosperity at times of peace, but would defend her followers when they needed her help. So she's not going to be aggressive in fighting, but if you start a fight with her, she will end it. Yes. Cool. Yes. I like Exactly. <laughs> I think I, if I lived... Um, in the Scandinavian countries during the time period when this uh, type of religious worship, I don't know why words are hard for me right now. If <laughs> if that was my pantheon, words are hard for me always. I would definitely fine. take after Freya. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right. So um, since the Aesir are more known, people most commonly think of you know Valhalla and the Valkyries carrying the souls on their flying horses to fly the fallen to Valhalla where yes. they can drink and fight until Ragnarok. But only every second soul would go to Valhalla. The other ones would join Freya in her heavenly field, Folkfanger. Okay. And her hall, Sesrumnir. <laughs> it's fucking names, Sesrumnir. Okay. <laughs> if you are Scandinavian or from Norway or Finland and you know these names, please <laughs> reach out to us. <laughs> And let us know. <laughs> oh, man. So the days are obviously named after the gods. Yeah. So we have Tuesday is Tuesday. T-I-W's day. Okay. Wednesday is Woden's day. Thursday is Thor's day. And Friday is, is Freya's day. Freya's day. <laughs> yeah. And I remember reading something about how Friday the 13th used to be a celebration of Freya because... 13 was like a magical number sure and that um, sounds great that was like a celebration of life and a lot of people banged on friday the 13th that sounds right and then the christians came along and Fuck. um demonized it <laughs> they were like <laughs> no it's bad they were like it's I a love curse friday the it's 13th. a curse day but <laughs> if if what i saw is correct i can't i, I don't I'm not 100 percent on that but i read that somewhere that friday the 13th used to be a, a day of like Love and celebration and banging. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so next Friday the 13th, oh, go find your lover. <laughs> or maybe don't, because you might have babies. Yeah. Unless you don't. want babies. Yeah. Then maybe do. What is happening? I don't know. <laughs> I do want to also mention there's another theory that um, the Aesir did not win the Aesir-Vanir War. There was a truce made in which Mjordur, Freyir, which is her brother, and Freya were traded as hostages to the Aesir, mm. and that's why she's in the Aesir. Okay. Um, there's also people who believe that Freya and Frigg were twin sisters, each one representing a different aspect of womanhood. Frigg representing the motherly lady of the home aspect, and Freya representing the prideful, wanderlust-filled warrior aspect. But would that not be switched? I would think so, too, because yeah. um, Freya the is the peaceful one. Yeah. But she is also the leader of her people. Yeah, that's true. So. And then, and female goddesses don't have to have just one aspect. Yeah, as we discussed. Yeah. So there is a uh, mention of Loki and Freya. I forget what the poem's called, but it's a 
poem by Snorri, which is a very famous saga writer. Sure, that thing. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Words are hard, Bard, guys. Scald. Uh, sure, scald. That sounds right. Is that right? Wait, no. I think scald is what they say. That's they yeah, write. you're right. <laughs> what do they call their? Oh god, I can't think of it now. Damn it! <laughs> you guys, I'm obviously not Nordic <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but in this. Loki and Freya are fighting and Freya's like obviously being like, fuck you, Loki, you're stupid. Cause he's trying to antagonize all the gods. He's being Loki. But he mentioned, he like says that she laid with her, with her brother. Oh yeah. So there's a, there's so they're a, Roman now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but so there's this thing, you know, where like people say that some people say that her and her brother were married and it's like, no. Or incestuous. Yeah. yeah. So she do with your political enemies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's Freya. I've always oh, cool. loved her just because she's that really strong, female, know, powerful female yeah. figure, and she has a fucking chariot pulled by cats. That's <laughs> that's like my favorite part about her for sure. Oh, but I just I like her too because she's just. I mean, that's what I've always pictured when I think of the Nordic gods. Is like the first thing that comes to mind is not Odin, it's Freya. I remember also in Vikings, Lagertha, like when it was earlier in the show where they're getting their settlement on England. They've negotiated that with Egbert. And in order to bless the lands, they like spill the blood of, I think it was a cow. Yeah. She dedicated it to Freya because again, Freya was the goddess of fertility and vegetation and bringing wealth to the land. Yep. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Like so that. that's, that's Freya. Hell yeah. I love Freya. <laughs> All right. So kind of similar to how, Freya was the goddess of like fertility, motherhood, and magic. Um, my next goddess is Isis of the Egyptian pantheon, and she was the goddess of fertility, motherhood, magic, healing, death, and rebirth. So kind of at the start, from what I understand, the start of, I guess, putting together the Egyptian mythology. Mm-hmm. She begins as the goddess of life and fertility, overseeing the vegetation cycles of Egypt, or I would say being associated with the vegetation cycles the same way that Demeter oversaw the seasonal cycles in Greek mythology. It was how they explained the annual flooding of the Nile River. Oh. Um, Specific reason for that, which I'll get into. (laughs) She is one of the nine most important gods and goddesses of the Egyptian pantheon. And she is a key figure in the Osiris myth, which is probably the most well-known and the most important of the Egyptian mythology stories. Egyptian. Egyptian. (laughs) Egyptian. Sounds better, actually. Egyptian. (laughs) This story serves to help establish the importance of a line of succession among the pharaohs of Egypt, as well as the conflict that inherently exists between order and chaos and the importance of observing proper preparations for the afterlife. So as far as her appearance goes, Isis is often depicted with wings on her arms that are outstretched, a throne as her headdress, and that's the thing. Uh, The name Isis literally means throne. Interesting. So her headdress has a throne on it. See? Oh, yeah. You know, I never noticed that. I was so distracted by the wings. I never never (laughs) noticed it either, because the wings are kind of like... The wings are beautiful. The most obvious... Yeah. part of her appearance um but she she'll also sometimes have a moon disc with a, with cow horns or a sun disc with cow horns as her uh like tiara huh. 
and she also has sycamore trees. But in the Egyptian mythos, she is said to be the mother of all sitting pharaohs. Um, sometimes mother, sometimes the wife, sometimes both. The Egyptians were uh, very incestual with yeah. their religious pantheon. <laughs> I mean, and their normal so people, the kings and kings, <laughs> kings and kings. kings. <laughs> Jinx, you Damn it! <laughs> but this is this is how the pharaohs claim their divinity and the, their right to rule, as it was said that they were the sons and daughters of Isis. Um, and then when Cleopatra came, came along, she claimed to be the actual reincarnation of Isis herself. Uh, fun fact, our episodes on Cleopatra is what got me interested in Isis because the iconography of Isis was incredibly important to Cleopatra. Did you just say the iconography? Iconography. I've never heard that. Go ahead. Yes. So <laughs> Cleopatra, the image she presented herself as was of the reincarnation of Isis. Right. Um, and that's how people viewed her as a living deity. It was, again, her power came very much from her construction of her image. Hell yeah. Now, the Osiris myth, as I mentioned, is probably the most well-known uh, mythology of Egyptian mythology. So in this, Isis and her brother Osiris are both the children of Geb, which is the earth god, and Newt, which is the sky goddess. Uh, Another random fact that's really interesting about Egyptian mythology. Uh -huh. In almost every other mythos, the earth god is a goddess. It's the mother goddess. Hell yeah. Egyptian mythology is unique because the earth god is a god. It's a man. Oh. So they have like a reversal. But that being said, she's basically the daughter of earth and sky. Okay. Um, both Isis and Osiris are married and Osiris rules all of Egypt. He is the god of the natural order of things and said to be the life giver. The death of Osiris occurs while Isis is away from their court. Um, they also have their brother Set, who represents chaos and disorder, and he has been coveting his brother's throne this whole time. So while she is gone, Set takes advantage of her absence and tricks her brother with a beautiful coffin he has made for Osiris that he claims will fit his brother perfectly. That sounds like a trick, dude. <laughs> uh, from what I understand, like, at first I was thinking Set sounds very much like a trickster god, and he, he is, but he tends to be more malevolent than just, say, a Loki figure. Oh, okay. So, when Osiris lays down in the coffin, he is impressed by the craftsmanship um, and as he's like, oh, this coffin is beautiful and amazing. Seth's like, here you go. Just, just, it's fine. That's, it's just getting dark. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. No. Seth places the coffin lid over him and traps him inside of it. Alive? Mm -hmm. Oh, it gets worse. No. <laughs> so from here, the myth, the myth kind of diverges according to the version you are reading. Um, the most popular way... Popularized? And the most popularized version of the story has set chopping up his brother into anywhere as many as a million pieces. Um, but that number varies. So in some of the stories, uh, it's 42 pieces, which coincide with the 42 provinces of Egypt. Oh. And he spreads them out across the Nile River so that they are spread out across Egypt. Whoa. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want That's him coming back. But I mean, whoa. Yeah. It's aggressive. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, everything the Egyptians did was kind of aggressive, though. 
I, I mean, everything everybody did. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> now, when Isis returns to court, Set is ruling in Osiris's place. And when she learns of her husband's death, she grieves terribly. <laughs> she grieves terribly. She she grieves very <laughs> she grieves really badly. <laughs> very mournfully. Um, literally tearing at her clothes, She's at her obsessed. skies, her skies, her skin, at her face. This term, we talked about it in the Cleopatra episode this morning, mm-hmm. is called keening. Yeah, didn't Cleopatra do that when her yeah. yeah. So so in the Osiris myth, um, when Isis does this. I lost my spot. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. It's basically, it's done to help. It's done to help the person who's died, like send them into the afterlife oh, to help guide them. Interesting. Um, Would that not guide them back to earth? No, it's, it's supposed to be like, I love you. I miss you. Blah, blah, blah. But it's time. You got to go. You got to go. Mm. I, I'm saying that very unacademically, but anyway, <laughs> no, 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 that, that was great. <laughs> um, in the story, uh, I want you to think of the term Crimea River. This <laughs> this derives specifically from this story because <laughs> the the grief that Isis displays and her tears, they are said to coincide with the annual flooding of the Nile. Ooh. So every year when the Nile floods, it brings life to Egypt because it um it helps to fertilize the plants. I don't know. It helps to water the plants. Yeah. yeah. Um the more the Probably Nile drags away toxins and everything. Like yeah, that. like it, you you need the the Nile to actually flood a little bit. If it floods too much, then, then Isis is crying too much yeah, and Isis, it's gonna you kill need to chill. <laughs> but um, it coincides with that time of the year when um, everything is getting watered, all the plants, all the grain, and again, the grain oh. from Egypt was the life force of the ancient world. It mm. Fed Rome and Egypt, and I'm sure other places. Well. I'm sure other places. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that coincides with Isis's tears for Osiris. I like that. I I have to say, of all mythologies I've like learned about, the most colorful and beautiful I think has been Egyptian mythology. Oh, like yeah. they tell really amazing stories. They do, um, and they're very good at connecting natural phenomena with yes other things. Um, it's about to get weird. Oh so. no! <laughs> so this whole time, Isis. And her allies set out on this epic journey to track down Osiris's missing pieces so that they they can resurrect him. They're okay. going to put the pieces together and, yeah. And, and yeah. Necromancy. <laughs> but, um, so when they find all the pieces, they put them back together. This is the first example of mummification in the Egyptian mythos. So this is, uh, this is not the excuse, but this is how they... Like we're explaining yeah. the importance of validation. Yes, doing. Yeah. and um, <laughs> he basically he's put together in all these like bandages, and he's nice. dried out, obviously, because he's, he's been dead. Because <laughs> um, he's been dead. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> um, but there's one piece missing: his heart. No, but guess again: his eyes. Guess again: his fucking tongue. I don't know. His dick. Yes. Yes. I was kidding. So, uh, genitalia are missing. So Osiris' penis is missing. So she, uh, in some of the stories, she crafts him a penis. Mm. <laughs> it's like the first dildo. <laughs> and Which color would you like it, babe? <laughs> upon finding all the pieces, putting them together, um, Isis, her grieving and unending love for Osiris, stirs life back into him just long enough for the two to copulate. 
wow with the fake dick uh-huh. <laughs> um and this with is the dildo this is, this is how she like is known as a goddess of magic because this is literal oh. like necromancy yeah. and resurrection yeah, yeah. she's like i'm bringing you back just so i can fuck you but then you need to go back to the ground <laughs> and then he dies um, he doesn't come back permanently but this union brings about their child horus and it is in Horus that Isis will bring about the destruction of Set and reinstitute the true natural order of the world once Horus has been placed upon the throne of Egypt. Interesting. So then the next stories that continue pit Horus and Set against one another. Oh. They're the like epic battle between the two. Isn't there, so I know there's an Eye of Ra, but isn't there an Eye of Horus too? I think so. I think they're like yeah. mirrored. Mm-hmm. After Isis resurrects her husband Osiris she takes on the role of helping to usher mortal souls that have died into the Egyptian afterlife at this point Osiris becomes the god of the afterlife Ah. kind of like their underworld and this is where you get the story of weighing the heart against the feather and who just does that um or does Osiris do that it's Osiris who is the judge Osiris Osiris welcomes them in yeah so osiris is the judge and he's the one that essentially well not he determines your heart determines if you go go to the good place or the bad place (laughs) if you go to the bad place your heart gets dumped on the floor (laughs) next Next. (laughs) so that's the interesting thing about isis is she becomes another feminine figure that oversees aspects of both life and death in time she evolves into another mother type goddess and You'll basically see depictions of Isis with her son Horus sitting on her knee. In the stories of Isis and Horus, she spends much of his adolescence protecting him from assassination attempts sent by his uncle Set. In the stories, (laughs) she also often walks among the mortals, appearing to them for aid with her son, as well as intervening on their behalf when they fall prey to other gods' schemes. And as a mother goddess... She is also a patron to midwives who call upon her during childbirth to help bring the child into the world. And um, my last little note is that by the rise of the Roman Republic, Isis becomes the protector of Egypt in Egyptian mythology. And her image was often called upon whenever the Egyptian pharaohs resisted the attempted interference of Rome. Interesting. That's Isis. Hell yes. Super cool. So I looked this up. (laughs) Um, the difference between the Eye of Ra and the Eye of Mm. Horus. Eye of Ra represents the right eye, and the Eye of Horus represents the left eye. Ra is the sun guard. Guard? God. Guard. Ra is the sun guard. His power (laughs) is quite close to the almighty gods of the monotheistic religions. Mm -hmm. In In this sense, his power of vision is thus unlimited, his eye is called the eye that sees everything. Mm-hmm. This is not the case with Horus, whose powers are limited and whose protection is mostly linked to physical integrity, a protective symbol. Interesting. The okay. difference is that the right is that the eye of Ra is drawn as a right eye, while the eye of Horus is drawn as a left eye. That's so cool. The eye of Horus is a strong protective symbol used for thousands of years by the Egyptians. Nice. Yeah, and that's a picture of him. The eye of I've Ra, the people yep. is dark the eye of horus the pupil is um uh empty light light <laughs> it's hollowed out sure that's, that's cool, cool. that's like cool it. that's cool <laughs> oh man one of my uh one of my stories one of my characters he has mm. the eye of 
horse tattooed on his palm and then a pentacle tattooed on his other palm. Does he, when he holds his palm out, does the eye sometimes move? No. It should. No. You only see them because <laughs> he's a demon and you only see them when um, he's part demon, part human. The only part of him that's human is his heart. Oh. And so when he's killed, he dies, obviously, for a little bit. But then he comes back and when he comes back, the symbols are burning in his palm. Interesting. That's the magic happening. Sorry. I just... <laughs> Random tangent. Hello. <laughs> anyway, get the eye of horse anyway. or raw t- yeah. tattooed on your hand, and then like you yeah. can play with it and be like, <laughs> you can play with it. <laughs> my eye is opening. Why is my my phone's playing something? Stop it. All right. So, as always, Rachel goes into lots of detail, and Cat barely has any detail. <laughs> All right. So we kind of said that we were both doing Egyptian gods, and my goddess kind of is connected to yours in later years. <laughs> so I'm going to do cover whatever the Egyptian goddess Bastet or Bast. Uh, she is the goddess of protection, cats, perfume slash ointments, oh. fertility, pregnancy, children, music, the arts, and warfare. Wow, what an overachiever. Right? How about you calm the <laughs> hell down? <laughs> Just pick five. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um... She was originally depicted as a fierce lioness warrior goddess of the sun. But then um, in later years, she became uh, most commonly depicted as a cat or a cat-headed woman. Can I be a cat-headed woman? I would love to be a cat-headed woman. That sounds great. Can I have my head with the body of a cat? Yeah. And my sphinx? <laughs> Uh, she's also depicted as the goddess of protection against contagious diseases and evil spirits. Okay. So that's where that idea of cats can sense evil kind of comes from. Interesting. And why okay. they were so revered in Egypt. Her parents were later on in her mythology. Mythos, her parents yeah. were Ra and Isis. Oh, she's my girl's daughter. <laughs> she's my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and her co- consort was Ta. It's spelled P-T-A-H. But it's just Ta because apparently we add in letters for fun. Just kidding. <laughs> you thought just the Irish did that. Apparently not. <laughs> as a protector of Lower Egypt, she was seen as defender of the king and consequently of the sun god Ra. Did you know that Lower Egypt is actually technically um, Northern Egypt? That's confusing. Yeah, so it's where <laughs> Alexandria is. Oh! Because... The Nile, um, instead of running north to south, it runs south to north. Oh. And the Nile spills out into the Mediterranean, which is north of Egypt. You are full of facts. Random facts. And yeah, yes. Yeah. They're I really learned, random. <laughs> I, but I learned, I mean, it's not random, though, no. because we're talking about Egyptian, yeah. an Egyptian goddess. And yeah. I learned that when studying. I don't know why I'm holding myself. You, you're being real weird this day. This day. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> no, I learned that when I was... Um, Doing my research on Cleopatra. Okay. Yep. I like it. She is a, she being Bistet, is um, because she's a defender of the king, she's consequently um, associated with the Eye of Ra. Okay. Along with Hathor, Sekhmet, and Isis. So she's like a literal protector yeah. of the king. Yeah. Okay. Yep. She's like a member of the Queen Guard. <laughs> she has been depicted as fighting the evil snake named Apet. An enemy of Ra. Okay. And then in addition to her solar connection, sometimes she was called the Eye of the Moon. 
Okay. Isn't that cool? Okay. 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 <laughs> um, her image is often created from alabaster. Um, sometimes she's holding a ceremonial sistrum. Just don't <laughs> mind Finnan just talking to Jasmine. Oh, and no. Jasmine screaming <laughs> and growling aggressively. Speaking it's of cats. Very guttural. <laughs> I mean, they chose the right part. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they did. <laughs> like, hey, we used to be worshipped. Hey, <laughs> fuck you. You're all worshipped in this house. <laughs> um, she's depicted as holding a ceremonial. Ceremonial. Ceremonial, thank you. Sistrum in one hand and an aegis in the other. What is a sistrum and an aegis? Oh, fuck off. The aegis usually representing a collar or a gorget. <laughs> What is a gorget? Hold on, I have it somewhere uh, in here. <laughs> Let's see. Magic's not gonna be in here. Well, I mean, Persephone's was easy. easy. It was like a bale of wheat <laughs> and a pomegranate. <laughs> a sistrum is uh, the ancient percussion instrument symbolizes Bastet's role as goddess of music and the arts. Is it? Does it look kind of like a um, a harp, it's like a thing. mini harp? Yeah, I don't know what the hell that is. It's I've that never thing. seen that, but okay. She has an onk in her other hand, which is fun. Interesting. Yeah. That's where that symbol comes from. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Moving on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't mind my cat. He's just yeah. talking. Come here. I know she didn't want to love you, but I'll love you. Ladies Come and here. gentlemen, that is Finnan. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Are you so cute? I'm going to kidnap you. Um, Her I'll original. To the underground. Or underworld. <laughs> underground? <ladies>. Please don't. <laughs> Come here. I love so, you. like I said, originally she was the uh, depicted as a lioness goddess. Uh, it's a role that's also shared by other deities, deities such as Sekhmet. <laughs> Fight me. Um, eventually, Bastet and Sekhmet were characterized as two aspects of the no. same goddess. Come back. With Sekhmet representing the powerful warrior and protector aspect, and Bastet, who increasing who was increasingly depicted as a cat, representing a gentler aspect. Okay. 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 I got distracted by Finn. He, she got so distracted by Finn, and then Finn tried to come over to me, and she's like, no! You're mine! That is exactly how it sounded in my head. Uh, cats in ancient Egypt were highly revered, partly due to their ability to combat vermin. Mm-hmm. And snakes. Especially mm-hmm. cobras. Yeah. Cats of royalty were in some instances known to be dressed in golden jewelry and were allowed to eat from the plates of their owners. See, you all are worshipped in my goddamn house. No. (laughs) It's it's so funny because I get so worried like when my cats are fighting like bees or like if a scorpion were around, but they were literally um, utilized in Egypt to fend off vipers. Yeah, that's literally their job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So... When Bastet's worship changed from being a lioness deity into being predominantly a cat deity, uh, this was because domestic cats tend to be tender and protective of their offspring. Bastet was also regarded as a good mother and sometimes was depicted with numerous kittens. Aww. Aww. <laughs> I like how you picked all the kitten goddesses. I did. I like cats, guys. I don't know if you know this, but I love cats. Cat loves cats. Cat this loves cats. <laughs> Also, because Rachel asked, a gor- gorget? Gorget. gorget, a band of linen wrapped around a woman's neck and head in the medieval period or lower part of a simple chaperone hood. Does it have a picture? That. So it's the collar looking thing. Okay. Yeah. I want one of those. I want one of those. <laughs> I'll get you one for next year's birthday. Yes. <laughs> get it for Halloween. Get no. it for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> get it 
for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, I forgot <laughs> Christmas is coming. <laughs> okay, so fun thing. Uh, Bastet was a local deity whose religious sect was centered in the city of the Nile Delta, later named Bubastis. Okay. Bubastis, which is literally the house of Bastet. Oh. Cool. <laughs> um, she also has a temple. And Herodotus. Oh, history daddy. <laughs> history daddy. <laughs> AKA an ancient Greek historian who traveled to Egypt. He's history daddy. He is the father of all history. Hell yeah. Um, he describes Bastet's temple at some length. I'm going to read it. Buddy. Spin and destroy Buddy, my couch. no. <laughs> read it. Let's hear it. So, I've missed history daddy. So Herodotus, history daddy says... Save for the entrance, it stands on an island. Two separate channels approach it from the Nile. And after coming up to the entry of the temple, they run round it on opposite sides, each of them 100 feet wide and overshadowed by trees. Oh, that's so cool. The temple is in the midst of the city, the whole circuit of which commands a view down into it. For the city's level has been raised, but that of the temple has been left as it was from the first, so that it can be seen into from without. That's, that's so cool. It's not done. Oh. <laughs> a stone wall carven with figures runs round it. Within its within is a grove of very tall trees growing round a great shrine wherein is the image of the goddess. The temple is a square, each side measuring a furlong. A road paved with stone of about three furlongs length leads to the entrance, running eastward through the marketplace towards the Temple of Hermes. This road is about 400 feet <laughs> wide and bordered by reach by trees reaching to heaven. Sorry, I got distracted by my cat trying to take out the microphone. <laughs> you might have heard purring. Just oh my god. Buddy, no. Oh Stop it. Um, there is a cult that is Call your dad you're in a cult. Call your dad you're in a cult. Call your father. <laughs> um, that is associated with Bastet. And then the native Egyptian rulers were replaced by Greeks during an occupation of ancient Egypt in the Ptolemaic dynasty, as we talked about. The Greeks sometimes equated Bastet with Artemis. Okay. Don't ask me why. It does not actually say. Well, because I'm Artemis sure... Artemis is a protector god. Well, no, she's a huntress. She's a huntress, but she's also like a fertility goddess too, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. They look for any parallels they can to kind of mix them. Yeah. Especially as you're intermingling cultures. Just yeah. what the Ptolemies did because they were Greek. They were Greek. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's Bastet. That's I don't, so cool. I don't have cool stories or anything. Just, I mean, that's a pretty cool story. I mean, you're not wrong. She <laughs> fought a snake, so that's fine. She's the protector of the pharaoh. I literally picture her like her <laughs> ghost figure, like <laughs> Her goddess figure standing outside the palace and like you shall not enter yeah. oh in the late and ptolemaic periods large cemeteries of mummified cats were created at both sites um the the temple and thousands of bronze statuettes statuettes of the goddess were deposited That's, yeah as votive patron Austrian. goddess of cats <laughs> yeah did you see my bestette in the kitchen up top in the corner Yes. Isn't she cute? Yes, she's very adorable. It's really, it's like a really cute, it's like. literally like a black cat, right? Yeah. <laughs> like Egyptian style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she has a, it's Bastet, right? Bastet, yeah. Bastet. Yeah. Her she cult was, was carried to Italy by the Romans. Oh. And traces have been found in Rome, 
Ostia, Nemni, and Pompeii. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. A lot of the Egyptian cults intermingled, and then you had some Roman cults intermingle in Egypt. Yeah. The Isis cult. I love that There's statue. A beautiful picture of a statue, which we will send. <gasps> we will post. Gorgeous. That's pretty much what mine was copied from. And then that's Banner. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So that's Bastet. Um, <laughs> I would imagine, like, if you saw a bunch of cats around the pharaoh's palace, it'd be like, oh, that's Bastet. Like, yeah. she's, she's guarding the pharaoh. Yeah. My, my little Bastets are supposed to guard my house. Uh, they're not very good at it. <laughs> yeah, they're not great. They're not real great. <laughs> All right. So we are going to move away from Egypt. We're going to move away from Italy and Greece and Scandinavia. And we are going to go to Central America. Finan is going to move closer to the microphone and knock <laughs> it off the table. So, Good job. Um, this, <clears throat> this last goddess I'm talking about is... Uh, I actually just learned about her very, very recently, courtesy of TikTok. Hell yeah. TikTok can actually be very educational. Um, <laughs> you just have to search for the educational video. Yeah. So I will mention um, the TikTok that inspired this. There's going to be two I mentioned if anyone's interested. But my last goddess is, um, I've seen this pronounced two ways. I've seen it pronounced Itzpapalot or Itzpapalotl. Um, I'm going to go with Itzpapalot. And this is an Aztec skeletal warrior goddess. Hell yeah. Now, Itzpapalot was the goddess of childbirth. Um, she was one of many in the Aztec pantheon. She was also the goddess of stillborns, mothers that died during childbirth and war. Itzpapalot is also sometimes known as the obsidian butterfly or the clawed butterfly. She is, she's, yeah. <laughs> um, and this is because she is often depicted in a skeletal form with butterfly wings, and the tips of her wings were said to contain knives or claws made of obsidian. So when you see, yeah, when you see the images of her, it's basically a female figure with a skeleton face. She's very menacing looking, but also like incredibly badass. And then <laughs> she'll have butterfly wings, and at the ends of her wings are the obsidian claws. It's also possible that the clawed butterfly wings were actually a reference to bats. So she is sometimes portrayed with bat wings. Interesting. Um, she is also sometimes portrayed with having a knife for a tongue. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. That's unfortunate, though, to think about it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's just a skeleton face. I mean, still, though, is she going to cut your off skeletal face? Her bone? Her bone structure. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Goddesses have feelings, too, Rachel. <laughs> well, so that that's kind of the thing um, about Itzpapalot and the Aztec pantheon. They weren't fitted, for fuck's sake, dude. We're, we're focusing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. The Aztec pantheon, they, they weren't necessarily gods the way we've been talking about them. They were considered more um, like the way spirits are considered in Native American culture, like as personifications of human aspects. Yeah. So again, that's why Itzpapalo is the goddess of women who died in childbirth. Gotcha. Um, reason for that we'll get into, but... Um, her name we won't rachel will <laughs> her name is a reference to purification and renewal often at the cost of sacrificing that which is precious Ouch. 
So Itzbapalot was said to rule over the paradise world of Timoenshin, which Mesoamerican cultures believed was where the gods created the first members of the human race. And in the stories related specifically to Itzbapalot, Timoenshin was specifically the place that victims of infant mortality would go. So this could be either the children that died during childbirth mm-hmm. or um, young children who just who died, died. Yeah, who weren't able mm-hmm. to make it. This was their paradise and their haven that they would go to. In the Aztec calendar, she is also the patron of a day that is dedicated specifically to women who died in childbirth. There were five days of the Aztec calendar dedicated to this. Okay. In Aztec mythology, women who died during childbirth were afforded the same respect as warriors who died on the battlefield. Reverence was afforded in equal measure to men who went to war and women who were in childbirth as the effort of childbirth was viewed to be just as laborious and violent. If a woman died during childbirth, it elevated her status in much the same way as a man that died during battle. I'm sorry, but childbirth is worse than battle. But thank you for trying. (laughs) Thanks for playing, guys. I mean, (laughs) that's way more reverence afforded than almost any other culture. Yeah. You're right. So those women would then join Itzbapalot as protectors of other women. Women who died in childbirth became known as the, I'm going to do my best here. I did practice it, but I might get this wrong. It's Kihuateo. Um, it's spelled C-I-H-U-A-T-E-T-E-O. And they were viewed as, um, so they're viewed as malevolent spirits and regarded as witches that could fly around and spread disease to children. Yeah. Um, but they were also just the women who died in childbirth. Mm. So it's interesting how they get revered, but yeah. also people could view them because they died in such a violent manner. Oh, that coming. they're like angry spirits almost. Yeah. Interesting. I believe so. Interesting. It's thus is afforded her own dual nature similarly to that she is both a goddess of women in childbirth and life but also a goddess of war i know finn is like whoa (laughs) now this is one of the really cool stories in some of these stories she also hunts men that are unfaithful to their wives yes i love her Um, so basically what she'll do is she'll transform into a beautiful looking woman in order to lure them out seduce them and then kill them Supposedly by ripping out their still beating hearts. Oh my gosh, that's violent. I like it. With her obsidian cloths. Even better. <laughs> she was also the leader of the Itzamime. So these were also like skeletal warrior women. They were considered star demons that lived in darkness. And the Aztecs would not necessarily have viewed demons kind of, you know, the same way that we do. As these like bad and evil, they just were. As not inherently evil. Yes, yeah. they were just these creatures that had their own motivations in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, from what I understand, again, just learning about this recently. <laughs> According to the legend, Itzbapalot and the other Itzamime are deities that fell from heaven along with scorpions and toads. What is it, bud? He's like, I want to be one of the eats. He, he wants to be one of them. You want to be one of them? <laughs> um, but they, they fell from heaven along with scorpions and toads. So together, Eats Bubblelot and the Eats and may have a similar dual nature. On the one hand, as the quote-unquote star demons, they are often evoked in Aztec mythology that relates to the end of the world. It's said their ultimate goal was to wait until the gods and mortals could no longer keep the world alive. 
this basically meant the day the, the sun did not rise because in Aztec mythology, the sun is the life force. Oh. And every time it rises, um, life begins. I don't again. know about the sun being a life force. Whenever I'm in it, it sucks my life force <laughs> away. <laughs> but they basically were waiting for when the sun was not around to attack and destroy all life. Oh. Um, so solar eclipses were one of the periods that Aztecs believed that Itzimime could attack, along with Itzbapalot. But children were also warned that they could attack during rainy months and at night. So their uses like... Poor children are not safe. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's another one of those, you know, boogeyman stories. I was going to say, it's kind of like a boogeyman where it's like, you better behave or Itzbapalot is going to... Yeah, from what I understand. Did I say that right? Yes. Fuck yeah. I believe so. <laughs> Tell us. Tell us. <laughs> I, I did look on a couple of things. I hope, I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. Um, but we're also telling the story. So. Yes. <laughs> um, but Itzpapalot and the Itzamime could also do good deeds too. And they were said to cure some people of the same exact ailments that they might inflict on others. Interesting. Similar to the other goddesses, Itzpapalot has several forms. She could sometimes appear in the form of a beautiful woman, likely when seducing unfaithful men, and the other form was her more terrifying form, and this is what we'll see if you look her up, which is the skeletal head with the butterfly wings suspended with blades at the ends and eagle's claws for totes. I love how you say the more terrifying form, and I'm just like, hi, can we be friends? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. I'm like, where'd you get your wings? <laughs> did it you buy them off? <laughs> I don't think they did. <laughs> I think they probably made them. Yeah. <laughs> in the paradise world of Tamoanshin, there was also said to be, this is, you're going to find me. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so there was a tree that grew with fruits shaped as nipples that infants would feed upon while waiting for a reincarnation. It's weird, but also kind of like adorable. Well, yeah, because they're. They need food. They need, they need food sustenance. and they need nurturing. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually they're reincarnated. Interesting. Itzpapalot okay. is an interesting feminine deity that aspects all aspects of femininity, not just the nurturing aspects, but also the terrifying aspects as well. Her appearance is meant to be terrifying. She was a champion of the truth, and it was truthful. Meant that, you know, if she appears before you, the idea is you do not shy away from it. Yeah. Life itself is a precarious thing. Mm -hmm. Itzpapalot is in her own way another liminal goddess that rules domains that are transitional. Childbirth ushers in new life, but it was equally dangerous. And so those, those women that died in childbirth thus had a place of reverence and a purpose with Itzpapalot. I love it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, I wasn't saying you. I'm just <laughs> I know. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, very cool goddess. Again, I basically... Found out about her thanks to a TikTok. Um, I believe it was by, it's it's at Mia Huatl, um, M-I-A-H-U-A-T-L. Go check her out. And then there's another TikTok that also goes into more um, detail about Itzbapalot. And it's at J Marie Luna. So that's J-A-Y-M-A-R-I-E-L-U-N-A. -E nice. Um, if you type in Eats Papalo in TikTok, they're the first, the first two, two videos that okay. come up. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I really want to credit them <laughs> with a lot of this information. I did find other stuff online, which I'll credit at the end. Yeah. But yeah, please go check them out. They 
Very interesting. They are pronouncing it correctly. (laughs) We Um, are trying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's Eats Babalook. Cool, cool. All right. So we've been to Greece and we've been to Egypt. Lord. Lands of old. Did to Scandinavia. Yeah. Yeah. Where the hell are your personals from? (laughs) We've been to Central America. Yeah. Mexico. Now we're going to the motherland. It's oh. not Russia, it's Ireland. <laughs> oh. oh, our motherland. Our motherland. Irish. Okay, cool. No, I'm, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. Like, beyond excited. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the Morgan. Yes. <laughs> now, funny enough, um, I had never heard of her or any Irish gods, really, until I read the Iron Druid series by Kevin Hearn. Okay. And I love his books for the mere fact that he's got every single pantheon mentioned in his books like oh that's cool it's just a mix so the main character is um his name's atticus and he's a druid he's one of the last druids okay and so he's like chummy with all the gods but obviously his main pantheon is the irish gods okay and that's where i met the morgan the morgan and i love the iron druid series because in that series the gods are only as powerful as the the belief in them the amount of belief in them that people have like the amount of people who believe in them and how strongly they believe in them yeah that's pretty cool so i would imagine like the the norse gods are very powerful powerful, yeah the greek gods the old irish gods are kind of fading yeah Yeah. that's how i met that's how i met morgan (laughs) cool (laughs) um again guys i'm not a virgo so bear with me (laughs) So her name means the Phantom Queen or the Great Queen. Mm. She's an Earth goddess. She is a shapeshifter. She has three main forms. Um, she mainly appears as a raven, a wolf, and an eel. Interesting. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, she is associated with war, destiny, fate, and death. She's the guardian of the territory and its people. So she's also associated. 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 She's also associated with sovereignty. Okay. Um, that's kind of like a not so well known. Everyone knows her as the goddess of death, but that's not like her yeah. Main she's thing. like terrifying. Yeah, she is terrifying. Um, okay. She encourages warriors to do brave deeds, strikes fear into their enemies, and is portrayed washing the blood-stained clothes of those fated to die. Oh. She also has premonitions of more particularly violent deaths. So that's why, like, if she appears to you, you better hope she's not washing yeah. your blood-stained shirt. Yeah, if she's washing your blood-stained shirt, you to need die. to go. Like, don't fight in this war. There like, will be other wars. I think you're gonna... They don't think there's a choice <laughs> in the matter. You're gonna go. Right? <laughs> she is known to inspire fear or courage in the hearts of warriors. She's the wife of the Dagda, which is the king slash father of the Irish pantheon, which is known as the Tawafide Denon. Mm-hmm. I think I said that last part wrong, but I don't actually care. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, she is associated with the Banshee of later folklore. Okay. Because the Banshee, if you hear a Banshee's cry, yeah, someone heralds, is about to die. It heralds death. Yeah. That's why it's like a, a blood curdling cry. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's High a shriek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she foretold doom, death, or victory in battle. She's often described as a trio goddess, which I found exciting. 
Uh, it's the, they're often known as the Morigna. Okay. Morigna, I think I said that right. Uh, their names are Bob B-A-D-B. I'm not even showing you. Bab. Which is interesting because Banshee are also called Babbed with an H Bab. in there. Bab. Bab. So that's, Bab. that's pretty interesting. Bad Maka or and Nimain. Nimain. Yeah. And then it's pretty interesting because the triple the triple goddess aspect is very ambiguous and often inconsistent. The number three is like kind of important. Isn't it crazy how the triple goddess aspect is in so many? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, dude. Almost every single one we've mentioned today has had some kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Can I help you? Thor just woke up and is stretching. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta sit down. Uh, She can also appear alone, though. Her name is used interchangeably with that bad, bad, bad. Like I said, she's mainly associated with war. She's also connected, like I said, with violent deaths. Her role is not only a symbol of imminent death, but also the influence of the outcome of war. Okay. So like I said, she's, this is most often, she did this by appearing as a crow flying overhead and would either inspire the fear or the courage in the hearts of the warriors. Yeah. She's also given the role of foretelling imminent death with a particular emphasis on the individual. And then there are rare accounts when she would actually join the battle itself as a warrior. Oh, and show her cool. favoritism in a more direct manner. <laughs> nice. Isn't that rad? <laughs> you pissed me off. I'm going to physically appear <laughs> right? in a corporeal form and fight for the other guy. Um, I mean, she is the goddess of fate you mentioned, right? So yeah. she's literally determining determining yeah. the course of the battle. Yeah. So like, do not snub your nose to the Morgan. Right? Interesting. She oversees the land, its stock, and its society. So that's her sovereignty aspect. Um... Her shape-shifting is an expression of her affinity to the whole living universe. Okay. Which is pretty rad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty rad. (laughs) It's also been suggested that she was closely linked to the Fianna, which is a group of youthful warrior hunters living on the borders of civilized society, indulging in lawless activities. Oh. So that sounds like fun. Okay. (laughs) Um, A lot of the times they describe her. Yeah. A lot of the times they describe her as the envious wife of the Dagda. Okay. Which is Kind of like Hera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is it envious or jealous? If it's envious, I've learned those envious. are actually two different things. They are. Jealousy is coveting something and envy is wishing you... No, jealousy comes about when you're afraid of losing something. Envy comes about when you covet something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, I told you this earlier... There have been attempts by some modern researchers and authors to link the Morgan with the character of Morgan. Or Morgana. Or Morgana. Yeah. <laughs> yes, from the Arthur- yes. Arthurian tales, which makes sense because yes. she is a sorceress. Yeah. Of a duplicitous nature. Yeah. <laughs> so they try to do that. Um, sometimes she appears as a fairy. Sometimes she appears as a hag or a mage. Um She's also depicted as a seductress in a lot of them. Oh, of course, because every yep. <laughs> every female goddess mm. has to. Yeah. Is it is it for unfaithful men? Right. <laughs> so they don't think that like she's directly linked, but they think the Morgan might have inspired Morgan. So that's fun. Morgana. Morgan. Or Morgana. Morgan. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then so that I reminds have... me of, um, I'm sorry to interrupt. No worries. <laughs> um, reminds me because you mentioned she was related to characters. You asked me earlier today mm-hmm. that I was thinking of the character Morgan from Dragon Age because similarly, she is also a shapeshifter. Oh. I think she can turn into a wolf in the game. She turns also into a spider and a bear, I believe. And she's a sorceress. That's pretty cool. Of like a duplicitous nature. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to look that up now. I, um, I want to put an emphasis on the fact that... Emphasis. Emphasis. Um, that the Morgan is not death itself. She is the keeper of death, the goddess of death. And she is Freyborn. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm. I've seen, I've seen her mentioned in the, um, TikTok witch community. Um, and <laughs> there are some patrons of her and they always are like, yeah, she's kind of terrifying. She's kind of like, terrifying. Cool, man. That's <laughs> cool. Come up with that. <laughs> Please don't appear before me <laughs> washing my bloody shirt. Please like, do not wash my bloody arm. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to forget that. That's so cool. Oh my God. That's funny. Oh, this is a fun fact. Such was the Morgan's influence over the land of Ireland that it is from, I'm not saying, Ariu, that the word Ariu? Ari and land, Ariu land, developed in Ireland. Oh. Huh. Okay. Look at that. That's so cool. So I will talk about one of the more famous tales. Um, has to do with uh, Queen Maeve. Okay. Uh, so one of the most famous tales, the Morgan, always centers around. I never can say this name. Cuchulain. C u c h u l a i n n. At the time, he defended Ulster from the army of Cognac, led by Maeve, Queen Maeve. Uh, okay. This famous battle raged for months and cost countless lives. Was this an lives. actual battle in history? Or this is just uh, I think a this story is just battle. a story because okay. Queen Maeve is not real, right? I don't think so, but I, don't I wasn't think so. sure. <laughs> I was like, who is that? I want to add her as a difficult damsel. <laughs> so by invoking the right of single combat, that's not how you say it, but that is how I'm saying it. This dude was able to defeat warrior after warrior. <laughs> okay. It is at this point that the Morrigan attempted to seduce him, oh. offering herself to him before battle, but he refused despite her great beauty. This made her really mad. That's and like she, Ava Green in yeah. um, the 300. Yeah. Remember when she like. The second one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, the queens. So she's outraged and she used her shape-shifting powers to transform into an eel, tripping him as he traversed <laughs> a fjord. Uh, the hero recovered, though, and lashed out at the eel, breaking its ribs. Rude. She then transformed into a wolf, scaring cattle and driving them towards him. Who responded with a slingshot blinding the morgan in one eye wow. oh is that what does she appear with one eye mm-hmm. okay so once again she transformed this time she changes into a heifer a cow leading the stampede towards the dude whose name what i cannot pronounce heifer. what a heifer <laughs> but once again he um thwarts her evil ambition as it says in the story uh mm-hmm. he fired another slingshot breaking her leg forcing her to retreat but she would never forget this. So after his victory in battle, he traveled from the battle site where he encountered an old woman milking a cow. This was not just any old woman. Oh, no. This was the Morrigan. Who could it be? As a haggard old woman. She was blind in one eye with damaged ribs and a broken leg. Mm. But despite having inflicted these very wounds, this dumbass did not realize it was her. (laughs) 
She tricked him by giving him three sips of milk. He blessed her what on every occasion, right? <laughs> blessed her on every occasion, and when each had, and then each had taken the wounds inflicted on the Morgan, and they were healed. Oh, she was healed by his own blessings. Yeah. <laughs> so she would appear again before him shortly before his death. On his way to yet another battle, he met a woman washing bloody armor. Oh, no. A sure and terrible portent of impending doom. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then he died because... He was finally conquered. Nice. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, wow. Despite being mortally wounded, he tied himself to a boulder with his own innards in the hope that his Ew. upright appearance would continue to terrify his enemies. It is only when a black crow finally landed on his shoulder that his death was finally revealed. Isn't that cool? Did it start eating his I would hope so. It ate them. It was like, this is a yummy treat. Thank you so much. (laughs) And now a treat for me, the Morgan. A treat for me. So this is a depiction of her as the triple goddess. So obviously she's the darker one. Hi, Jasmine. You want to see two? This is a a really pretty statue that I found. Okay. And then that's a a Yeah, I've seen I've seen lots of images of her with the crow. Yeah. And I knew she was a war goddess, but that was really the extent of what I knew. I like this because it's her with the crows and she has someone's head in her hands. She has a skull stacked. She has skulls stacked on her staff and she has someone's head in her hands. It's pretty great. Pretty rad. Oh, and here's a... Where'd it go? Hold, please. (laughs) Well, it just went to the very end of this photo album. That's a really cool tattoo oh, I found that, that represents her and the triple goddess aspect. I would be terrified. It's three to crows have that like, on me. in flight and they look like they're, they're like, like crescent moons and they're yeah. intertwined. It's really, it's really pretty rad. They've been blessed by the babushka. Right. The babushka, <laughs> which is Jasmine. That's so cool. I, I, I told you, um, I'll relate this. <laughs> what was that weird last Some sources. So, um, if this episode topic has interested in, interested you, the idea of either female goddesses or specifically the dark feminine, so dark aspects um, of goddesses and deities, I highly recommend the podcast Catonia. That's spelled C-H-T-H-O-N-I-A. It's a more academic-based podcast where the host... Um, Each episode is about a different goddess or a dark feminine aspect in culture. So like one of the episodes is about the Japanese female ghosts that you see in like the grudge and the ring. Mm -hmm. Can't remember what they're called, but Mm -hmm. um, not goddesses, but female spirits, Mm -hmm. vengeful spirits. She'll talk about stuff like that as well. Um, I highly recommend that. And then as far as actual stories like if you want the actual mythological tales there's a podcast called mythology on spotify and it's done it's done several episodes on persephone on isis lots of egyptian mythology lots of norse mythology like she has some freya stories on there highly recommend those um and i will say i was looking through katonia's listing of episodes mm-hmm. and the morgan came up and i was like i'm gonna wait because i know yes Kat's doing she this. actually has two so she has one where she talks by herself and then she has one where she has someone yeah that she's called and she lives in ireland yeah. and she just talks about how she's actually like seen the morgan like the morgan has come here not washing bloody armor because she's so high but it's pretty cool because she actually does talk about there's a cave in 
Ireland where it said that the Morgan lives and sometimes it's referred to as the cave of cats. So now all three of my goddesses have been associated <laughs> yes. with cats. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's one of the she or fairy heels. Okay. Yeah. And so this also, um, it said that every South Wayne, she comes out of that cave mm. and like crazy shit happens. And she's actually really associated with South Wayne in a lot of stories. Yeah. Um, almost every episode I've seen related to, I want to call it. Say it the way you Samhain say it. Samhain or whatever. <laughs> South Wayne. Um, oh. Halloween. Uh, talks about the Morgan. Yeah. She's pretty rad. Um, another... I really want to get a tattoo of the Morgan. You are a brave soul. I know. <laughs> um, another source I used for my peeps <laughs> was the Oxford Classical Dictionary online. Um, they It's kind of like the dictionary, but for mythology. I guess I should give my sources too. <laughs> and then um, for Eats Bapolo, I already mentioned the two TikToks, but I also found an article by Damon Herblog. What'd you call me? <laughs> Damonherblog.com slash temples of humankind slash eats bapolot and the true meaning of things and then um another like wiki page it was villains.fandom.com yes so i used ireland-information.com i also use i use that for the story that i told you i also mm -hmm. heavily use wikipedia thank yeah. you for being <laughs> awesome I use druid, druidery, druid, druid, oh my God, what is happening? Dot org. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also use, uh, I think Britannica.com Britannica or .org or something. Uh, let's see. Britannica.org. Yeah. Yeah. Britannica.com. Oh, .com. Okay. Lying liar who lies. <laughs> <laughs> I've used Britannica before. Yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome because I got a lot of information on Freya and on a step from there oh cool and then i went yeah. down a rabbit hole of scotty and all these God, crazy scotty all these other like destruction crazy, goddesses. Yeah. yeah and then i actually used the thread from reddit to find out maybe we do about freya another i know we've talked about doing our own separate episodes on like lilith and hecate but maybe we do an episode on destruction goddesses I'm totally specifically down. for that so that would be like scotty and shiva and i tapped out scotty Tap, tap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um so hope you enjoyed this episode yes. it was kind of a more conversational but still with lots of yeah notes. we got like crazy <laughs> um hopefully you've had your coffee or yeah. your wine or your tea yeah. and or all of the above yeah. not necessarily in that order start with the wine <laughs> If you have any other like random conversational topics you would like to recommend or some amazing women from history you'd or some like goddesses to... you want us to cover because <laughs> that is apparently going to be a thing now yes um <laughs> please reach out to us at difficult.damsels at gmail.com we're also on facebook you just type in difficult damsels the podcast and scroll all the way through the bullshit <laughs> because <laughs> facebook's algorithms are stupid uh, same with instagram yeah. which is the same thing Difficult Damsels, the podcast. Yeah. That <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. It has our our um, our main picture our on both. So yeah. I, I would hope you would find it easily. If not, email us and we'll send you the link. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, you can help get our podcast out there by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Yep. Until you all can. gonna need us. Yes. Please. And, and your coworkers. <laughs> Rachel accidentally... <laughs> Oh my god. 
this was the best. She comes up to me and she's like, oh my God, you'll never guess what I did. I was like, what? And she's like, I accidentally saved my notes in one the, of the, the entire shared, folder. Oh, the entire folder. Yes. In one of the shared folders for the for company. Work. <laughs> for work on her page. And one of somebody from like a random store was like, was this supposed to be in here? I'm not mad because now I'm curious. I think they, I think they still listen because um, oh, yeah. they emailed me. If you still listen, thank you. Yeah, no, we appreciate you. <laughs> I think she spread the word because I was talking yeah. to her a little bit. Um, yeah, that was an accident. I was like, thank oh, you that so much for telling. So happy. <laughs> I always like accidentally start talking about a podcast, and every now and then it works. Like you have a podcast, I'm like, yeah, I have a that's how podcast. you tell them. And then you're like, yeah. please listen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how. That's how I got like roped into do social media work because I was like, yeah, I do social media for my podcast. They're like, oh, you should do our social media. I was like, when I say do social media, I mean, like, I forget all the time like, to do it. I sometimes post twice. Sometimes. sometimes I remember to do it. Rachel usually texts me. Yeah, Rachel's like, what the fuck? Did I post that for the last episode? I don't think I did. I don't, you did for Facebook. I don't think you did for Instagram. Damn it. <laughs> we have time. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, thank you for listening. Yeah. Come again. Yeah. We hope you guys you come again. Listen. Come again <laughs> to our broadcasting party. <laughs> And as always, we didn't do a therapy treehouse. We're, we're sorry. You're not going to get that today. Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll yeah. get it again then. Yeah, in the yeah. future. I mean, you did because you found out some of our favorite god- goddesses. So that's like some yeah. insight for us. Yeah. Rachel and I are obsessed with war and death and cats. I mean, yeah. Who that's isn't? fine. <laughs> who, who the hell is who it? Who isn't? <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. And as always, stay, stay difficult. <laughs> and so we're going to do the pause Jasmine dance. is 100% stepping on my phone. That's pause right. dance. Rachel's doing the pause dance. <laughs> I'm going to get a strawberry seed in my tooth. <laughs> Sorry, I'm ready now. Anya! Hi! Oh my god. I just practiced this. Oh, which one was it? Your hand's in the way. It's right there. Uh, no, I forgot it. <laughs> Can you stretch elsewhere, please? <laughs> He's backing up. Back it up. Um... Oh my god, where is it? I just lost it. I just lost my spot. So mint becomes... <laughs> Say that one more time! Now, Eats Babalot ruled over the paradise world of... Shit. <laughs> Shit? <laughs> On the one hand, as star demons... Bud. Bennett! <laughs> Stop! You psycho! Let's try this again. Mm. Childbirth ushers in new life, but it could also equate. <laughs> Sorry, Izzy just walked on the keyboard. Try She's really again. good at that. <laughs> You're good. You're still recording. <laughs> she does that to me at work all the time. <laughs> just reread it. Um. <laughs> Excuse Jasmine while she starts playing. <laughs> so she is in her own way another liminal goddess that rules domains that are transitional. Childbirth. I swear to God right now, I said just... <laughs> now is the time you're going to run after each other. We can use this as boopers. <laughs> Guys, Finn, stop. Well, Izzy just, I think, nope. Are you attacking the broom for real? Get out of her butt. <laughs> stop sniffing her butt. Oh my God. Guys, get kittens. It's so much fun. <laughs> okay, it's just... Jesus. One more time. Let's try the whole paragraph again. <laughs> From the top.